When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The Dungeons and Dragons podcast that wants you to lick my crit. Oh, Kyle. What, Mike? That's that voice, that voice. Roll for initiative. Great. I'm Mike Johnson. That's dangerously close to my anime voice. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm Kyle Getz. <laughs> we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we're going to talk about heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. And, and homoflexible as well. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Two sides uh, of the same coin. This one's our Patreon folks' fault. I mean, it's your your fault. You finally won, Kyle. I know, man. It's been a while <laughs> since, but I'm gonna just bask in it. Let's sit down and think about how I won, and I won the um, the tie also. The tie. Yeah. So our bonus episode this month is going to be on catfishing. Yeah, I really thought that roller derby was going to do better, and now I'm like, I don't. Up is down, down is up. Nothing makes sense anymore, Kyle. My, I kind of knew. I was like, my self concept is shattered. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I just needed something to clinch, you yeah. know? Unlike yeah. bottoming, you just got to clinch that win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, if you were going to bottom in D&D, do you think you roll dexterity or constitution? <laughs> I think you roll charisma. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Christmas uh, saving throw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but first. But first. This week we have 100 words. Okay. Uh, at a certain level of Patreon, if you send in 100 words, I will say them. Doesn't matter what they are. Uh, and uh, this week we have uh, 100 words from Brad Shreve, friend of the show. Yeah. Check out his spotlight and check out his podcast as well. Here are my on-air 100 plus a little words for being a Patreon member. It's a bit serious, but it means a lot to me. So I had to take advantage of the opportunity to shout it out. Thanks, guys. My friend Eric was thrown out of his home for being gay. He worked the streets in L.A. to survive and became HIV positive. Just before dying from AIDS, he told me it was his fault for being a hustler. I left his hospital room and cried. That's why I support the Trevor Project. They provide crisis intervention and 24-7 suicide prevention to vulnerable LGBTQIA youth. Plus, suicide prevention training for educators and family members. Their Trevor Space is an online community of 400,000 LGBTQ young people from 13 to 24 years old. Members can explore their identity, offer support, and make friends. Get more info or donate at thetrevorproject.org. Brad. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And absolutely, we love the Trevor Project. Yeah, we heart them. Yeah. And now the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. All right, Kyle, we have a couple of updates this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first is that uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which I've been talking about in the news for a while now, and their tiff with the LA Dodgers. And who we had on uh, Surprise Fun Shrinkage that we did. Last week's Surprise Fun Shrinkage. Uh, thanks again to the sisters for being here. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. I ran into some at the bar last night, but um, I was busy. Yeah. More on that later. Biz uh, How were you busy, Mike? Oh, my God. It was Thunderwear Night at CC's, and I made out a whole bunch. Um, okay. Anyway, so the, uh, the the Pride Night did go off without a hitch uh, on Thursday, and the uh, sisters, the LA chapter of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence indeed received their Community Hero Award. Yeah. Now, a couple of things. Oh. Ron fucking DeSantis, fuck-faced dickbag asshole that he is, tweeted uh, some lies so quote good on the thousands who showed up at dodger stadium to protest this anti-catholic hate group the virtually empty stadium for the game itself was a powerful image americans are fed up with the nonsense and are fighting back the thing is it was virtually empty because they were they received their award an hour before the game started oh <laughs> the, the, the stadium was just people had not shown up yet it's yeah. not that was not that protesters kept them away it was not that people turned their back on this whole thing and yet he fucking claims that it is yeah and and uh, there also were not thousands of protesters there were there were there were a lot of protesters they were you know you can just imagine what 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 they were there's an organization called catholics for catholics which i think is the dumbest name for an organization ever uh and they they, they <laughs> showed for up for us yeah exactly um anyway yeah it happened 
They got the reward. There were 49,000 people at the stadium that night, which is in the high range of average for a Pride Night event. And uh, yeah, Ron DeSantis, uh, suck a dick. Yeah, you should be so lucky. You should be so lucky. Uh, Second update this week is uh, I talked last week about the Temecula Valley Unified School District and their um, rejection of a social studies book because the teacher's manual references Harvey Milk. Yeah. Uh, The superintendent of that uh, of that school district has been fired. Um, the the board voted three to one to fire Superintendent Jody McClay and uh, during a closed session last Tuesday night. And so they gave no reason for why she was fired, but seems like it might have something to do with that story. Wait, so is that good for us or bad for us? Which side was she on? Uh, she, but she, she was superintendent uh, of, of the school and was on the side of this. This book should not be in our schools because pedophilia or something oh okay okay um, gotcha so this is good this is good they someone i've not seen things that are related to book bands go our way too yeah. much so that's exciting that someone who is calling harvey milk a pedophile that's like horrific and horrible and not true yeah yeah uh, i i should i should say i mean i shouldn't say but no we're we're all about transparency and openness and honesty here Part of the pedophile narrative for Harvey Milk is that he had a relationship with someone named Jack McKinley, and they started that relationship when Milk was in his early 30s and McKinley was 16. Hmm. They met in New York. The age of consent in that state at that time was 14, totally legal, and uh, McKinley had turned 18 when the pair moved to California. So, I, I mean, you can, if you want to stretch that and belabor it and turn it into pedophilia, fuck you. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the point is gay people, any kind of example that you want to pull of that one, it's not because it was legal. Yeah. And two, you would not do that with straight couples. You, right. in fact, actual cases of pedophilia, straight people don't call out as much as we do. We're like, you're calling us pedophiles, but like the Catholic church literally is pedophiles and you don't call out out actual pedophilia. So you don't actually care about pedophilia. And so many Republicans are now trying to like legalize child marriages. Oh my or whatever. God. Is that like, crazy? It's the That's weirdest so thing. Crazy. And like, and so it, it, it's not a good faith argument to try to point to any of this. Yeah. Not the least of which is that it was a legal consenting relationship i'm trying to think if i can think of a single good faith argument on the right right now like it seems like they have none no i mean but they but they do so well with their like chants and phrases and kind of bumper sticker bullshit yeah Yeah, yeah. bumper sticker bullshit exactly your bullshit is bullshit everybody let's bring that catchphrase back yeah fuck off yeah let's bring that one (laughs) fuck you okay news the first great a Video has been leaked to the internet in which someone can be heard saying about another politician, quote, over the same period of time, you might have noticed Ed Davey has been very busy. Like me, you can probably see that he was trying to convince everybody that women clearly had penises. Y'all know that I'm a big fan of everybody studying math to 18, but it turns out that we need to focus on biology. Uh the person saying that is Rishi Sunak, the prime minister of the United Kingdom. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he's a notorious Tory, a dickbag, fuckface asshole of the utmost degree. Yeah. And is now caught on camera in what he assumed was private between just Tories, just us Tories talking, gaggling around, yeah. uh, saying really horribly transphobic shit. And the irony is literally if you study biology or ask any actual person that studies like gender sex any of these things they will tell you the literal opposite yeah yeah yep 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 uh he's on records more or less publicly saying that he agrees with the statement that quote 100 percent of women do not have a penis so it's just so turfy also apparently um we're not uh, the ap ap style guide has been updated so that we're not supposed to say turf anymore oh why they don't like that as a label they think it's ambiguous somehow and they are encouraging journalists to actually focus on the behavior of people rather than labeling them as a turf unless they label themselves a turf oh i don't care about good thing we're not journalists right you turfs yeah we should write a style guide for our show kyle oh the gayish style guide yeah it's just one it's just one page yeah whatever the fuck we want to say and however we want to say it fucking deal with it i love this i love this the gayish style book do what you want don't be a turf um okay news the second yeah mama ashley rose friend of the show 
participant in Discord, Drag Queen Extraordinaire, gets the record for what I think is the most amazing example of malicious compliance that I can think of. <laughs> so uh, she is in Florida, and there's a lot of anti-drag, anti-bullshit in Florida. Do you, do you know any of the story? Yeah, you, yeah, you, I, uh, I read the email, yeah. Uh, okay, great, yeah. So, so uh, in, in order to get around those laws, they had a drag story time event at the Mexican consulate because the state of Florida doesn't have jurisdiction there. So they got they got the the, the um, Mexican consulate in Orlando to host this event and the state of Florida can't do anything about it because of diplomatic immunity. Right. I think that's so fucking brilliant. That's genius. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very glad to have you as a listener, Mama Ashley Rose. And I hope that the event, which was last Thursday, went off without a hitch. Um, and congrats on doing what you're doing, especially in Florida. Like we appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, everyone, everyone, everyone find a loophole, <laughs> find loopholes and use them, exploit them. Cause you Stick know, those that. fuckers would, if they had them oh, for sure. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. Stick them loopholes. Yeah. And thanks to John Keeler for sending us in that story. Oh yeah, that's right. Thanks. John. Uh, news the last. Uh, so the Tonys were last Sunday, right after we uh, got off the air recording our show with uh, with Joseph. And um, straightest is I did not realize that Michael Arden, who won the Tony Award for Best Direction of a Musical, got dumped by CBS. Uh, like uh, the like bleeped. Got, mm. uh, they 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 canceled out what he was trying to say. What he said was, and there was a flurry on Twitter about like, what did he say? Why did they bleep him? Why did they cut him out? Um, but here's what he said, quote, growing up, I was called the F word more times than I could remember. And all I can say now is I'm a faggot with a Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's so great. That's hilarious. And um, there is this like fairly common thing that pops up at the Tonys, like in their speeches and, and whatnot of like gay kids sit at home and watch the Tonys and dream yeah. and uh, to get to see those gay kids turn into gay adults that are succeeding and are winning awards is inspiring and uh, magical and wonderful. And so I, I, I think it's, I think it's that message is so great. I understand why CBS dumped it. We're not ready for the F word on national television, yeah. um, but maybe they could have just beeped that word instead of totally fucking cutting the feed. That seems like a better approach is bleeping a curse word. Yep. Yep. Anyway, congratulations, Michael Arden. He he won the award for best direction of a musical for a revival of the musical Parade. Uh, it's based on the true story of Jewish factory manager Leo Frank, who was convicted of the 1913 rape and murder of a young woman, Mary Fagan, who worked at the factory in Atlanta. Uh, Frank was innocent, but anti-Semitism figured into the accusation trial and conviction. After his death sentence was reduced to life in prison, he was killed by a lynch mob. So it's a feel-good musical, Kyle. Ooh, yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, c- congratulations on, on winning the award, Michael. And um, thank you for at least attempting to be visible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the news. That's the news. Well, speaking of people that I want to make visible this week, I want to thank the following Patreon members. Great. Kona Matthews. Okay. that's Love that. Kona? Love that for you. Yep. Like, um, the, co- like the coffee? I don't know. Okay. Um, and I make Devin say this out loud. I don't know who Devin is or why Devin's saying this out loud. Or is there a missing comma? I make Devin say Say this this out out loud loud. or I make (laughs) Devin say this out loud. I don't know. There could be so many parentheses. Is your name Devin? Does Kona need a parenthesis after it too? I I don't know. So many unanswered questions, Mike. Um, thank you for supporting us. Uh, we do bonus episodes every month. We do bonus segments every week. Uh, and you get episodes a day early and ad free all these benefits and more. You can check out at patreoncom slash gayish podcast. And if you join for a year, you get 10% off the price and you get 50% off live show tickets. Yeah. Live show. Use that code. Use our code. <laughs> Use it hard, baby. <laughs> Do you want to talk about heteroflexibility? Let's talk about being heteroflexible. The, the, well, f- f- go ahead. the thing that I submitted was homoflexible. That was um, yeah. actually a survey request. So someone suggested homoflexible. Um, and that's what I put in there. And it turned out heteroflexible is kind of the main yep. label. And then homoflexible came as a reaction to heteroflexible yeah. because of equality, I guess. I don't know. But, I'm so proud of you for going into this and explaining it. Because it yeah. seems like something I would do and that you would hate. <laughs> 
No, no, no. I hate if you were like, we had a production meeting yesterday and the time was at 3.42 and we yeah. discussed, like, that's the stuff I'm like, eh, that doesn't matter. But no, 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 because people voted on homoflexible. So this is why we're doing um, heteroflexible as kind of the main topic and, and homoflexible would come up. And also I fucking won. So fuck off. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. One twice. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to start with the history of heteroflexibility, at least the term. Okay, before you do that, yeah. I it, usually I realized like right before we started, usually if we talk about an identity, yeah. we at least try to get someone with that identity on the show. Yeah. And for this one, I feel less bad about not having someone actually on the show than I would if we were talking about a different identity. Do you feel that same way? I mean, we're going to get into it, I think, a little bit. And is it an identity or is it a behavior? And so, like, I don't know that there are a lot of... I have... I don't... I can't think of a single person in my life that has been like, hi, I'm Ted. I am heteroflexible. Like, yeah. I, I looked up, I tried to find celebrities who identify as heteroflexible and it it would talk about people that were either bisexual or sexually fluid. Or Channing what. Tatum called me. I don't think he, does he identify as that? I can't identify I thought as he was, bi or I thought he was or, bi. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is an interesting one to talk about and we'll talk about like the, the positives and potential negatives of this label. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know of anybody who's used that to describe themselves? Um, I just looked up people uh, like something I'll share with you is why people label themselves as heteroflexible in my one of my segments. But yeah. I don't know anyone personally. No. Uh, also, we're going to later on talk about whether I should start telling people I'm homoflexible. Ooh. Anyway. OK. Uh, but here first. Home, yeah. But here first. So Miriam Webster uh, has a pretty good article about homoflexibility and heteroflexibility. Homoflexible heteroflexible and the, the the etymology of it i think is interesting you can check out if you want to so so it <laughs> uh f- first i think we've said this on the show several times before the term homosexual doesn't appear in the literature until the 1890s and uh, it appears in 1892 in C.G. Chaddock's translation of Kraft Ebbing's Psychopathia Sexualis from the German. So it, it is it is actually kind of a um, linguistic anomaly because homo is Greek, meaning same, and sexual is Latin. And so it's it those actually, that prefix and suffix don't belong together because they're from two different languages, but it got used that way anyway. But one thing that I've never, I never really thought about until researching this topic is that the word heterosexual didn't exist either. Hmm. Both of those words come out of the same article and are introduced into English by the same dude making the same translation. Hmm. And I, I think that's because we have this sort of narrative in gay culture that uh, we have always been the opposite yeah. of a thing, but that binary didn't exist at all until we had the language to describe it yeah. and um yeah so just it i think it's interesting that like neither term existed uh so then the uh before that uh there um they they referred to it and by they i mean mostly psychologists as sexual inversion uh that got shortened to just inversion by 1895 um and then also, Uranian, what, like from Uranus, Uranus was uh, was one of the terms that got thrown out there for it. Unnatural love. Well, we used to be called earnings. That was something that one person like came up with and, you know, of course, did not stick around until now. But that was what we were called before uh, homosexual came about. Yep. So I wonder if it's from that root. Yep, absolutely. It. Uh, I, I think that's that's how that all comes together. Yeah. So unnatural love was was used starting in the 1700s. Uh, pederasty and incest also were labeled as unnatural love, so that's kind of ambiguous. Uh, pathic was used as a noun and adjective in reference to men that submit to sexual intercourse with other men. Mm. So uh, the other thing that is then interesting about homoflexible and heteroflexible is that the 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 word flexible referred mostly to like things that are bendy, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a, that's a flexible piece of plastic or whatever. And, uh, but it's, it, it started being referred to people, um, people who are willing to try different things or are not 
quite as rigid in the way that they conduct themselves, uh, that, that goes back to at least the 16th century. Hmm. So we've been saying people are flexible in this way or the other and not just their joints um, uh, for, for you know, 500 years or 600 years. So the word homosexual and the word heterosexual, they got shortened to just homo or hetero in the early 20th century. And um, so then the flexibility part got added in, it appears, uh, around 2002. So it's very, very new. The, uh, the earliest print reference that, uh, that I could find was from the May 11th, 2002 in the New York Times, who it's a, it's a college student talking about other college students as being homoflexible. And uh, that is on the heels of uh, the same year, the Buffalo News uh, talks about heteroflexible as being a, a hot term that is rising on campuses. <laughs> and what's interesting to me is that the homo and hetero, the etymology is homosexual is a noun. We shortened that to homo and homoflexible is a homo who is flexible. So it's not the Greek root it's the abbreviation of homosexual does that make sense no but that's okay no. if it does to you because we use homo for lots of things like homogenous right mm -hmm. and that's that's the greek root mm -hmm. and that's not what happened with the word homoflexible or heteroflexible for that matter Th those those two meanings directly derive from hey you're a homo or that's so hetero mm. Um, as shortenings of heterosexual and homosexual. So mm. it's it's not, it, those are not Greek prefixes linguistically. Mm. They are the shortened nouns it, from English. It evolved into homosexual and then it evolved to this. Right. It needed that middle stage to right. evolve through. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it, it was homosexual <laughs> first. That got shortened to homo, like the way that kids use it on the playground. Then that got added to flexible. Right. Um, which is, it's just a different, it's just a different path. And it's um, one of the few examples out there of like a slang term or a shortening got then lengthened into <laughs> another word. Yeah. Um, so the, the Buffalo News said hot term being bandied about on campus, heteroflexible, the condition of being not fully bisexual, but open to adventure. And it's interesting because we already had the term bi-curious. Yeah. Um, or I just assume I, I it feels like bi-curious probably started before this or I, I don't know. I just this feels more recent than that. So it's interesting that there is a different term to try to describe this behavior. Yeah, and I think I, I think that that's the crux of it. That it's that it's it mostly describes behavior as opposed to identity. Mm -hmm. So a dude who is a straight dude, who just living his life banging chicks, sucks one dick. He's not bisexual. He might have been super into it. He might even want to blow somebody again someday, maybe. But it's not an identity. He does not identify as bisexual. Doing that one thing doesn't make him bisexual or homosexual. He's hetero. But heteroflexible that one time. Uh, I don't know. I think it can be used in like lots of different ways. I think people, some people think it's less common to use as identity, but there are people that definitely do identify as like heteroflexible hmm. out there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It just feels less, less common. Hmm. 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 Uh, th did you know that they have a flag? I do. Uh, Derek, our, our production assistant just showed me before this. Our associate producer. Our associate producer. We just gave Derek a, a raise and a new title because yes. he's been here a year. Yeah. Thanks, Patreon, for helping us have extra hands on this show. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. We were just looking at it. It looks like a rainbow penis going up a, a straight ally flag butt. Yep. It really does. That's... <laughs> 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know I didn't know that until this morning. <laughs> yeah. And then the the uh, LGBT pride fandom wiki says that uh, quote the Kinsey scale is a way to determine one's sexual preferences through a test. Once one takes the test, they will be given a score from zero to six. I don't think this is true. I don't. Whoever wrote this. Zero being exclusively heterosexual, six being exclusively homosexual. Heteroflexible individuals will usually fall at about a one on this scale. Mm. I don't think that's true either. But that, like to conceptualize, I think that that's a helpful like where do you put them on the scale kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> um, should I tell you about sure, data? Let's, I mean, let's do it. Well, speaking of behaviors versus identity, this is precisely what one of these studies uh, went to research. So uh, the study that I'm going to tell you about is called Bud Sex. Do oh, oh, Kyle. What? I like it more than I should have. <laughs> do you want to take a second to unpack that? Bud Light presents <laughs> Bud Sex. <laughs> yeah, it's when you shove a Bud Light up your ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, bud, that, it, bud Light's gay now, Kyle. Bud Light's gay now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> bud Sex, Dude Sex, and Heteroflexible Men. The relationship between straight identification and social attitudes in a nationally representative sample of men with same-sex contractions or sexual practice. Mm. This is by Tanya J. Silva and Rachel Bridges Whaley in 2017 in the Sociological Perspectives Journal. Great. So the data is... That sounds like lady names. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does. Great. That's oh, no, no, no. Tony. Oh, what? Tony. Yeah. Eh, right. So Could go either way then. Yeah. Um, this is data from a 2011 to 2013 national survey of family growth, which is a nationally representative sample of Americans aged 15 to 44. And they just looked at men within this sample, but that's who we're going to be talking about. Um, and I think a big difference in this, when I talked about bathhouses, for example, a lot of samples when you're trying to get like gay by this kind of data data about sexuality they people go to convenient samples which mm -hmm. is in standing in front of a bar standing in front of a bathhouse we talked about some of the challenges of of doing that yep. but this is a nationally representative sample so that um is a i i, I like that kind of data much better than a convenient sample especially if there's like a straight and goes to gay bathhouses that tells us something. oh that would be interesting right? yeah, yeah i wish i had that straight i mean <laughs> They were bathhouses. Remember, they were more likely to go home to their opposite gender partner. Yeah, true so, story. Yeah, and they were less connected to the game by community. Um, on the in the introduction, something that they suggested at the very beginning was quote identity, behavior, and attraction are distinct and do not always align in ways suggested by by mainstream discourse about sexual identity. Oh, identity, behavior, and attraction are distinct. So I think the what people have a hard time getting over is identity and behavior being distinct yeah because we assume that you identify in a way that describes perfectly your behavior yeah which yeah. as come to find out that's kind of difficult and not how people identify themselves yeah well and there is the like if you label yourself, if you draw a box around yourself, does it affect your behavior in ways that otherwise wouldn't have if you hadn't yeah. adopted that mantle? Yeah. Right? I think that's what you've been saying about like top and bottom. Yeah, those should be verbs, not nouns. I I always have a, <laughs> I, I think they could be. I think for some people it is very important. And if you want to be like, I'm a bottom, that's really important identity identity to me. Mm. I, I agree that we should use them less often as adjectives, but Yeah, and I guess like I do. I do sort of o overstate my opposition to yeah. it as a noun. I, 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 I do. I do have real issues online with people that say exclusive top mm. or exclusive bottom. I feel like that's, I don't know, more exclusive top than anything is like I automatically assume that's toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think but, that is probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot of that. Anyway, we're not talking about top and bottom. Uh, we are always talking about top and bottom a little bit, yeah. but um, we are actually talking about people identify as straight. So. The proportion of American men aged 15 to 44 who either, so this is a nationally representative sample, so either have attractions to men mm -hmm. or two or more male sexual partners in their mm. life. What mm. percentage of the population is that? 22. Oh, 7.4%. Uh, well, boys, you should try harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, this data did come in on the lower side. I mean, if, if we said like, let's say, 10% of people are LGBT. Yeah. Half of those are bisexual. Yeah. Another half of those are gay, half or lesbian, like just doing big kind of swaths. That's two to 3%. I've seen people say it's, you know, two to 3% of the population is gay men. So this is much higher than that. Mm -hmm. We see with Gen Z that they're much higher percentage label themselves as LGBT. So um, this kind of made sense to me as they're so flexible. They're fluid. They're so flexible. They're fluid. Like a plasma, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you lift like, like a putty that. <laughs> yeah, you left a gummy bear out in the sun too long. 
<laughs> I bet Gen Z loves being thought of as a dried out gummy bear. Okay, 7.4 either. So this is not at all their identity. This is just, do they have attractions to men or have they had two or more male sexual partners? That's 7.4% of the... I would say that that second one, it, it, like now that I factor it in, is why I guessed so high. Mm-hmm. Like, or um, explains why I'm so wrong. Yeah. I, like that feels like a really high bar. Mm. Like cause two or more. That's the whole like what did what George Bush say? Fool me once, <laughs> shame on me. <laughs> you can't get fooled again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You went, you went, you went back to the dick well. So <laughs> you were swimming in those gummies, <laughs> oh, no. and you loved it. You took another dip back in. Yeah, yeah. That it, that does exclude people who tried it once. Right. Yeah. Um. So of those seven point four percent of people. Mm-hmm. They found that some percent of them identified as straight. Great. How many? What percentage? Uh, 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 a quarter. A quarter of them s- said they're straight. No, half. Over half identified as straight. Wow. Yeah. 52.4% of those people identify as straight. So. It's like 3% of everybody or something. Yep. Because it was seven point something. So, yep. Okay, great. Okay. Yep. Yep. So about three, four percent, according to this, of men aged 15 to 44. God, I've seen this porn, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Haven't you seen it where he leans over and he goes, I'm one of the 52.4% and then winks and it's like super hot. Our, our, our stepdad just left. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this before. Yeah. Yeah, so over half of those 7.4% of men identify straight. So that could, you know, they could feel some attraction, but not big enough for them to consider themselves gay or or bi. Or they experimented a couple times and decided they were straight. Or, you know, yeah. there are lots of explanations of why this is. Congratulations. I, again, just want to laud the efforts of a dude who's straight has no reason to think otherwise and it's just like you know i should try a dick and see yeah and then does and it's like check check that off the list yeah not for me no but good for you yeah like that makes me very happy i agree (laughs) i think we put there's like kind of that old rule of you do one gay thing Mm -hmm. and you are now forever gay like that people will not believe forever gay (laughs) I want to be forever gay. Cut your lighters out. <laughs> um, Do un- you want to suck dick forever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Another study, this was actually on the low side of things. Another study said, this includes all genders now, said 15% of the population identifies as heteroflexible. Okay. <laughs> identifies feels like a strong word, but... Okay. So, I, I don't know. This was on the lower end of estimates of of people who, you know, s- say they're straight and then have some kind of attraction or action that that might make us think otherwise. So, some of their um, explanations, they, you know, then start to theorize about why this could be the case. Why over half of these people, I had, I looked this, I read this so many times. Cause I was like half of these people, like that's impossible. There's no way half of these people identify as straight. That mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. seems like a huge number to me. Um, some of their possible explanations, sexual attraction and behaviors are different than sexual identity. Yeah. And I think this is something that I'm coming to understand. The more we do this show is that, we expect things to fit really nicely into boxes mm. and everyone's <laughs> are you homo flexible? I guess so. Go ahead. <laughs> we expect that it, it, it think like human sexuality isn't as perfect as we have identified the options as gay, bi or straight. And you put yourself into one of those and, and everything's neat and your behaviors exactly line up to this perfect, like human behavior is just not that simple. Right. And we create these names to help get people to understand in very general terms who we are or what's important to us or what we think we are or how we want to be described or what have you. But that doesn't, that doesn't, exactly that doesn't hundred percent have to say here's exactly how i behave right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
Another reason that they suggested straight identification is accompanied by considerable social advantage. So I I could see resisting giving up the it, it's a lot to decide to be some kind of LGBT like yeah. we in our society do everything we can Florida to say it's wrong and bad and you shouldn't do it and to willingly identify in a way that puts you in that group. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that especially if you're like, feel like you're on the border, <laughs> like you're on the cusp, you're right on the, yeah, yeah. like what I would much rather identify in a way that gets me a lot more privilege. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and there, uh, some of the stuff that I have later about, uh, the way people behave on apps, like hetero flexible has hetero right there in the name, right? Like it's, yeah. that's less threatening yeah. to, you know, the loss of privilege that comes with being part of the umbrella. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, similarly, another reason heteronormativity is entrenched within most U S institutions and contexts. Yeah. The assumption is that you are straight until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, and there are numerous influences to sexual identity, not just sexual attractions or sexual practice, neither of which determine sexual identification. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. So what it comes down to is straight identified men who have same sex um, sex or attractions are not closeted. They simply interpret their identity in ways that are different from gay and bisexual men. Mm. I think that's a possible explanation. I think there also could be a resistance to labeling yourself as bisexual mm -hmm. caught up in this. I think there can be some internalized biphobia caught up in some of this. Yep. And another just interesting finding that I wanted to point out is that there is this kind of narrative that more Latino or black men are, as they call them down low or secretly having sex with men. Um, I, I think that's a, like a common trope, like common enough that that just comes up as one of the assumptions. And in this, because they had a nationally representative sample, they had a representative sample of races and ethnicities. So they found that Latino and black men did not have significantly higher odds of straight identification than non Latino whites. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, I thought that was an interesting challenge to some of the racial discourse that, that happens around people that identify as straight and, and still have sex with men. Do you associate being on the DL uh, as being higher in people of color? I associate that word with people of color. Yeah. Like if someone said DL or down low, I would associate that with mostly black men. But it's not true. This not according to this. Yeah. Study. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, no, I don't. Oh. But maybe that's because I was on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the Gata. Great. Awesome. Well, I want to talk to you about apps. Okay. Dating apps. Ooh. And, Boy, um, and I'm on some of them, so I'm worried this, this directly affects me in my life. Yep. Same. But first, a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. A, a user on Reddit said, my partner is heteroflexible. They're like spaghetti. Straight until wet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, the app field, you said that you're on, I'm on field, you're on field. And yep. uh, we were talking before the show. What, uh, how would you describe it? Oh, I see it as more poly and more queer than other apps that I'm on. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think that checks out, especially the poly thing. I've heard like lots of poly people say that like, that's where you can go to like, not get judged for, for being poly or open or whatever. I see more couples on there for sure. Um, but but field has heteroflexible available as an option for your sexuality, like as an identity. And at least according to field, 12% of their um, users that identify as women also identify as heteroflexible. Hmm. And so there's a lot of stuff out there that maybe maybe women are more apt to consider themselves flexible, whether that's heteroflexible or homoflexible. And that kind of checks out, right? Like that's, that seems to fit the narrative, right? That like chicks let out sometimes and like, that's yep. great. Yep. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, because we're viewing things from, because of toxic masculinity and, and the patriarchy, it's more acceptable to be a woman that makes it out with a woman. Cause straight dudes think it's hot or something. Dudes think it's hot. Yep. Um, so, so then they did a survey of people on field and, uh, they asked, why do you choose heteroflexible as your 
label. And it doesn't give a gender breakdown here at all, but said, quote, uh, some people said they use it as a label as they would be comfortable with same gender sex as part of a group, but not seeking it out solo. Mm. So they're like three ways. If somebody that has the same parts as me is there, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Others said they use it to describe being sexually interested in the same gender, but not romantically interested, which that's another separation that we haven't really peeled off yet in this conversation. Uh, Like, your, your, your sexual behavior and your romantic behavior don't necessarily have to align. Right. And you m- might like getting railed, but have no interest in dating dudes. Right. And, and um, so that's something to consider. And I mean, even like in my study where I talked about attraction, there's also like aesthetic attraction. Like I'm attracted to men. Like some people might interpret that phrasing as like, I can understand when dudes are hot. Like I can see it like they're, I think romantic and sexual are good breakdowns and really important to like, especially understanding what you want in your a relationship, whether it's like dating or sex or whatever, but there's like five or I don't know, 10, I don't know how many you can break it down into like different kinds of attraction that people have. And that those can be such a variety between all of them. They don't all have to perfectly align. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. It's exactly right. And uh, the last one here, some use it for other definitions, like being attracted to non-binary humans, but not the same gender. Hmm. So uh, especially in people that present more one side of the binary or the other, but but are strictly speaking non-binary. So, you know, a, 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 a cis man might be into having sex with mostly femme presenting non-binary people regardless of their gender assigned at birth and not find that a threat to their labeling themselves as heterosexual but also is sort of admitting that that other person isn't a woman right so therefore i have to label it something yeah different than purely straight purely yeah. hetero yeah, which yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that gets super complicated right? yeah. but, but that's that's what's going on yeah yeah there is an interesting like i think that's part of that can be a frustrating time we talk about you know your label is not the same as your behavior but if you're in a relationship with someone else who doesn't identify as the person like you're like, I'm attracted to this group of people and that person doesn't fall into that group. Yep. If you're like, I'm straight and this person is not the opposite gender, yep. that could be frustrating to yep. be, like, that could feel invalidating. So that's, I think one of those times where labeling and your actions might have to collide and you might have to make some sense of it, or maybe they don't give a shit, but you know, who yeah. knows? It depends on the person. Yep. Yep. Then this last bucket that I think is, We've already sort of talked about it, but I want to dive in a little deeper. Uh, people may choose to identify as heteroflexible because of biphobia. Right. And th- that's um, that they are afraid of experience by experiencing biphobia. They might not be biphobic themselves, but they are aware that biphobia exists in our culture and in our society. And they don't want to expose themselves to that kind of derision, judgment, treatment. Yeah. And I think that's that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of things that I read were like, this is another form of bi-erasure. Yep, it is, or can be. For some people, it is. Yeah. Um, so a 2016 study, this is all on Field's uh, blog. A 2016 study found that 63% of women would not consider dating a man who had engaged in sexual activity with another man, even if it was just a one-off. Mm. So uh, you're, that's the kind of you know cultural backlash that you're potentially... Um, if you're a straight dude and your plan is to be married to a chick someday, like being bisexual can actively work against that. Having your identity be bisexual can actively work against that. That fucking sucks. That sucks. That fucking that sucks. sucks too. Like we have so many expectations placed on men, especially men in relationships and to add in another level of, you can't experiment or try things or have any kind of, sexual behavior interest that doesn't align with just purely straight dude like that. Yep. That really sucks. Yep. 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 Uh, a, a, a user called the underscore girl abides said, uh, folks are not required to prove their identity by means of their dating record to self identify as bi. It's kind of a major sticking point that we don't have to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of folks would argue this term actually contributes to bi erasure. 
I think it's up to the person to label themselves how they choose, but this one has always rubbed me the wrong way as a response to biphobia. I do have to point out that bisexuality looks very different to different people, so implying that one needs to seek relationships of any kind or have them in order to be bi is misleading. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of misconceptions that you have to have a 50-50 interest, that it has to be both sexual and romantic attractions, that like those are a lot of the... Or, I mean, even what we're talking about, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, I think there are unfounded fears that, like, well, you're also attracted to other genders, so it's not just me, so you're going to cheat on me. Like, that's one of the bisexual stereotypes that is unfortunately out there, and it's like, that does that just doesn't make hold up to scrutiny. Like, I'm gay, and so I'm attracted to lots of different men, so if I'm in a relationship with a man, there are lots of other people that I might be attracted to. Yep. That doesn't equate to cheating, so that 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 doesn't just apply to it. It's like the, the person that has that fear, that unfounded fear is projecting their insecurities or something onto this thing. And, and it sucks that that's a by stereotype. Yep. It absolutely is the, like they must be greedy. They must, yeah. you know, can't make up their mind or like, it's just, uh, yeah. Be nice to buy people, everybody. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I used to think that too, like um, earlier on that uh, in the show, I, I used to even say, I think that like bisexual people need to do both in order for their identity to be valid as bi people. And I, doing this show has definitely taught me that I was super duper wrong about that. I think that leads um, into like behaviors. You don't have to have a specific experience with another gender in order to claim bisexuality. Like that's where you don't have to like look at your dating history to prove it. Like you yeah. can feel it and not have ever hooked up with anyone of a certain gender and still be bi. Yep. Yep. Well, so then I, uh, uh, this is a totally non-scientific thing, but I, 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 this morning I hopped on grinder and I was like, heteroflexible, homoflexible. What, what, what are the options there? And it's not on Grinder at all. Hmm. I couldn't find because there's a couple of things, right? Like they have a drop down for like your orientation and a drop down for your gender, and then they have like like um, you can select you know different things about yourself. But then they also have hashtags that you can add to your profile. Um, heteroflexible, homoflexible. Neither of those are on it hmm. at all. But there's a bunch of stuff on there too that I was like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Like when I was looking through the tags. And, Ooh, yeah. What you like? What kind of things? Um, let's see. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's like acronyms that I had to look up. Like I forgot that CBT is cock and ball torture. Oh, but, but like that's that's one that's on there. We'll have to go through that's, them sometime. When I do CBT with my therapist, it is not cock and ball torture. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, mental. It's mental cock and ball torture. <laughs> uh, but then I looked at scruff. And Scruff, I don't know what their user base is like, but the number of people on Scruff that had the hashtags, because like Grinder, you can add hashtags to your profile. Hashtag heteroflexible. Uh, there's 43 users. Wow, that's so little. That's so little. And uh, what do you what do you think homoflexible homoflexible more or less? Um, normally, I would say less, but this is a gay user group, so I'll say f- a thousand. Thirty nine. So oh, wow. almost exactly the same and both very, very small. Wow. And I don't know what that says. I'm not like claiming to have any like big takeaways from this, except I think at least in the gay sex app world, these aren't very prevalent labels and there's surely some kind of a strategy there or, or maybe people don't know that you can use hashtags because a lot of the hashtags you would think would be used a whole bunch are still only like a few thousand people. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the hashtags seem like a recent update that I don't know that a lot of people know are even there. And you can search on Scruff, at least you can search by hashtags to find people that meet things. I. It seems like there are, like you see jokes about like people posting Grinder, like, wait you're straight like yeah but i'm window shopping or you know you see kind of these jokes and memes that include straight people i wonder if more people knew this term then more people would use it and it might more accurately describe some people on apps like grinder where someone straight is curious and exploring the thing i feel like i've seen a whole bunch on the apps lately are dudes that go out of their way to loudly proclaim on their profile i'm only interested in femme twinks and trans women Hmm. and it feels like in a because i'm a straight guy and i can do those kinds of people and preserve my straightness yeah yeah it does 
I don't get it. I don't know what's going on there, but like it's. I mean, I think it's like societally we, uh, like we said, like it's it's all the pressures from society, like to change that label from heterosexual to anything else. That's a huge step that we place so much derision and loss of privileges and shit Hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. On a dating app, a sex app or otherwise, if you saw hashtag heteroflexible or hashtag homoflexible associated with somebody's profile, they self-identified that way on, on their profile. Uh, would that impact your, uh, behavior in terms of like being into them or not dating them or not hooking up with them or not? Well, I think it's interesting because I would treat them very differently. Okay. I, I would view them homoflexible. I'm like, cool, you're gay, but you have a little bit of, you know, maybe like, I, I don't know, maybe I should identify as homoflexible. Like, mm. I, I don't know. Um, so that one I would feel a little bit more comfortable with. Heteroflexible, I feel like I'd have to talk to them. Like if you're heteroflexible and not labeling as bi or pan or gay or queer, anything like that, then do you really want a relationship or do you want to hook up with a guy? Like if it's just a hookup, then like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like you can put whatever you want on your profile. Like it does not matter. Put whatever you want. Just choke me. Already. Just, yeah. <laughs> just get inside. Like what do you, I don't do call you, call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but for a, like a relationship for dating, if I saw that, that would make me worried yeah. that they were not actually going to commit because it's like, I'm not, I don't want to be a flexible part of your life. I want you to be solidly into yeah. men and want to date me. Yep. What about you? Um, v- very, very similar. I, I think um, homoflexible, I not threatened by the idea that like, sometimes you are into people that aren't men. That's fine. Totally fine. Doesn't bother me. And and heteroflexible though, I think on a sex app, especially I would be less likely to talk to that person. And the reason mm. is there's an implication to me that uh, they're not interested in con- connecting with men. And as we've said on the show a bajillion times, connection is so important to me and my sexuality that I would just automatically assume that I'm not going to get that from him, hmm. that he's just going to want to use me as a whole. Hmm. And hmm. that, <laughs> that doesn't work for me <laughs> as much as it works for you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I would be less likely to, um, I, I'd be just as likely no change in behavior for homoflexible head reflexible. I would, that would be a yellow, if not red flag to me. Interesting. Yeah. Should I talk about people who identify as, Heteroflexible? Yeah. Okay. Who are they? Who are these people, Kyle? Who are they? What do you What do you want with us? Um, this is a article on Greatest by Gabrielle Smith in 2021, where they interviewed people that identify as heteroflexible, and and I just grabbed portions of their explanations to make it a little bit more succinct. But great. Um, someone that uh, is identifies as female said, "Quote: I have yet to explore with folks that are not cis men." Mm. So this was more of a I'm a, that's the reason I'm attracted to people, but I've not actually explored it. Yeah. Which is interesting because there's some people that seem to come across like they identify this way because of there's the, uh, that level of curiosity that they haven't explored yet. And other people though, like by curious is also a label that they're clearly not using. Other people were like, but I've moved past by curious. I'm not curious anymore. I know. So there are a couple yeah. of different yeah. ways or reasons someone might identify this way. Another woman said, I don't identify as queer because I'm married to a cis male. I want to acknowledge the privilege we have of being straight. Okay. Which that one. Okay. I don't know. I think there's value in, I think being in a relationship that passes as straight, this is going to be a hard one for people to take, but some people disagree, but there's privilege in that. Oh yeah. So, um, I think acknowledging that there is privilege in presenting as a straight couple, I think is valuable, but also that's might even be better to then label yourself as something that isn't straight because if it, that, that just goes to show that not every appearances aren't everything. Yep. So I think there actually could be value in, You've mentioned this before, and it's, it's pride month. If you see what you think to be a straight couple wandering around pride at the parade, at the bars, even if it's not pride month, like before you lay into them about being horrible straight people, one or both of them might be by. So just fucking yep. take a 
just calm down. Someone could be, <laughs> yep, yep. Someone could be trans. Someone could be, like, there are a lot of explanations that make them not a straight couple, even yep. if they present that way. Yep, totally. A male respondent said, uh, I've come to the awareness that I'm attracted to a feminine aura that might include trans women and occasionally men. I have more desire to be with men in a purely sexual and group play dynamic. I don't feel like this aligns with bisexuality because although I'm open to male encounters, it's not something I seek out. I do consider myself queer because I have a, a sexual lifestyle that others may condemn or consider strange. Mm. So it's interesting to both identify as queer, like identifying as queer and heteroflexible to me says like, it's not that you're just afraid of labeling yourself as any kind of LGBT. That's not what's going on here. Yeah. But it's interesting. You mentioned like threesomes or, or group like there that came up a couple times of why people like I would be okay if in a group setting there was someone there that was the same gender as me. Yeah. Like I, th they're, quite a few a surprising number of straight guys in my life that have like hooked up with the same chick before mm -hmm. and i never really thought about it whether whether that's like if they don't interact with each other at all yeah it's still kind of homoerotic yeah like, yeah I yeah think, i think that's if they wanted to say that's heteroflexibility then i i would be inclined to agree yeah that <laughs> would know? make that would make sense to me a yeah devil's three-way <laughs> Another person said, I think heteroflexible seems to fit because I just don't give it too much concern. I'm just open to experiences without judgment. Okay, Gen Z. That's like, <laughs> that's their motto for living, right? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, a uh, man said, because I think I'd be okay in sexual situations where contact with other masculine presenting people might occur. I don't really find myself attracted to other men sexually, though I can appreciate male beauty. And there's something about another common theme that I also found is like, I'm not seeking this out. And if something happens, then I'm kind of okay with it. That seems to be another theme of why people might identify this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you're at work and donuts show up in the, in the, in the kitchenette, right? Like I wasn't seeking them out. But here they are, and they're here. delicious. Yeah, I'll I'm, go for it. I'm going to put but them I'm, in my mouth. But I'm just going to go for one. You know, <laughs> I, I don't need all of them. Yeah. And now I'm not going to go home and order a whole bunch of more. Yeah. I had that one, and that was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's that chocolate one with the sprinkles. Yeah. That probably has some kind of cream inside. They will. <laughs> Wait, don't, don't fuck your donuts at work. Oh, or Save do. For, or do. Or do. Well, just don't get caught. HR doesn't like you can that. work from home. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. So I, I hopefully that I always, even though we don't, we said like we don't have someone here representing heteroflexibility or homo flexibility. Yeah. Hopefully that helps add actual people's perspectives on what's going on for them. And I, like, you know, I, I think it's possible that this identity could come along with queer phobia and for other people it's they don't give a fuck for other people it makes sense of of what they're seeking out or what they're interested in yeah huh hmm. i'm with you yeah mike hmm are you homo flexible oh god i don't know kyle yeah How, tell me about this okay what well, do we have anything for patreon no should we save this for patreon but this is juicy i know we got to get those Patreon monies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 talk about it in, in in Patreon. The the like the preview of that, and just to not leave people hanging, um, is that some of the definitions that I ran into of homoflexible, heteroflexible, like describe me. Like whether I use that label for myself or not, I had a long sexual uh, relationship with my now ex-wife and so i not now that i've been out and living my fully authentic life i haven't i haven't hooked up with any women at all don't seek that out but i'm also not opposed to that as an idea and i definitely was like sometimes act like super into her hmm. and enjoyed that hmm. but i'm definitely not bisexual so i don't i don't know like, interesting yeah, it seems like you were at first you talked about how you didn't think it was identity. It was more about behavior. And now you're saying you like related to a lot of it. So that's so surprising. That feels like. Well, so if if I make it about behavior, mm. I've I have exhibited that behavior. Mm. Right. So if 
if it isn't an, a label for identity, but a label for behavior, that label applies. Hmm. So therefore, I am homo flexible. Hmm. I'm a homo that has hooked up and liked it with women. So um, just, you know, making myself a math problem. <laughs> homo flexible, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I also want to talk more about it for, for me because I have said before that... Uh, I feel like I am 95, 97% gay. Mm -hmm. Like I would make out with a woman and I have, Mm -hmm. and like almost like what we prescribe to women as like, they can make out with other women at parties or whatever. Like I would make out with another woman at a party. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. Do you want to break down on Patreon if we're homo flexibles? Sure. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Um, But uh, uh, do we do it? Is there like... I mean, yeah, I, I think like a lot of things there, I think this could, I think there are shitty reasons to identify this way and there are totally fine and valid reasons to, uh, I think, uh, I mean, we're, this is what we're doing. We're breaking down this identity. Normally I would not, if anyone said they're homo flexible, we're not going to get into like, I accept your identity, trust it. Sure. We're not going to get into these kinds of conversations. I yeah. think it's helpful to evaluate whether some of these come from some kind of internalized biphobia yeah I, I think that's a useful exercise for people but in the real world what am i actually going to do with this and this is not much i'm trust and believe in people when they identify how they do yeah yeah and if i don't i'm definitely not going to fucking say anything yeah keep it to myself <laughs> talk about it with your friends like and then make a podcast about it i right. guess yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh, so uh, should we take a break yeah let's take a break let's take a break break this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. <laughs> so are we back? We're back. We're back. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, yeah, all the things. First of all, we've been doing this gayish spotlight thing where we highlight queer people doing awesome things. And we have a listener, cutie patootie, rapper, singer, nurse, Jeremy Soto uh, uh, is going to be on or is our it was posted before this the time is weird kyle it it's already up so you can go listen to it now you go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast and it is available yeah and it's free you don't have to be a patreon supporter to go and and hear it but you can hear him talk about his career and listen to some of the music and and um hear our conversation and um it was great great having him on and we have two other gayish spotlights that you can listen to as well also free and post it on patreon so just search for gayish spotlight and you'll find all three and we're going to keep doing those things yeah if you have a suggestion for somebody too our dms are open yeah or emails or whatever uh also the day after this drops so tomorrow we will be at hula hula uh with derek and romaine to do a joint live show it's at 3 p.m uh again friday afternoon to kick off your pride weekend here in seattle yeah would love to see you there uh, if you bought tickets, those do nothing. It's first come, first serve, uh, and seating will be limited. Also, buy your tickets for Chicago, you fuck faces. Yeah, hey, friends. Hey, buddies. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be in Chicago on July 29th at 1 p.m. at Sidetrack, so get your tickets, and we would love to see you there. Yeah, excellent. And see all of our tour dates at gayishpodcast.com slash live. Yeah, do it. Our website, the Kyle just said, is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials at Gayish Podcast. We are, have a Discord, a Facebook group, spaces. If you want to find out all our info, go to gayishpodcast.com slash contact. We also have a Diablo 4 clan, Kyle. Oh, wow. I started it this morning. So far, it's me and my brother Murph. But nice. if anybody else wants to join, look for Gayish Agenda and I will add you. <laughs> uh, our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Yeah. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. Our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Gays and straightest? Do our gays and straightest? Yeah. No. Local no. gay bar review. Woo. Yay. Uh, as you may or may not have heard, because I said it like 400 times and then felt weird about it, uh, because we were at the spot and I kept talking about the Ninth Avenue Saloon. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Ninth Avenue Saloon in Manhattan, uh, in New York City. And um, I really, so first of all, I think the biggest selling point that everybody was excited about was the wallpaper in the bathroom. Did you see? Oh it? no, I didn't go to the bathroom. It was like a Tom and Finland looking like oh. like cartoony like buff cowboys doing <laughs> buff cowboys. doing cowboy stuff, yep. but cartoons. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
uh, Corel and I went there for Minority Report uh, the, the night before the show and had just a really fascinating time. We talked to Spike, the porn star. We talked to and harassed him. It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, the bartender looked like one of the Jonas brothers. So Corel named him Jonas. So his name is Jonas Jonas. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a small place, but it's really uh, intimate and nice. And I found myself very comfortable there. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say four dildos. Nice. What do you think? What did you think? Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think for me, it was more about the people we went there after our live show, and so that's where we got to like actually chat and spend a little bit of time with people that came to see us at the show, which I thought was a lot of fun. And man, as I guess this is just my age that I want to go to a place that is not a. Oh my god, the spot was so loud. I want to actually like be able to talk to someone that yeah. to me is more important than like, yeah. Trying to talk to someone and you're like, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. What? Yeah. I was asking like that to me is like just a tiring ordeal. So yeah, I had, I had fun there. Good, 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 good. Um, gayest and straightest. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Okay, go. Um, so my gayest is, uh, we had our recent shrinkage about the sisters of perpetual indulgence and, uh, I wore their shirt that they gave us to yeah. our D and D group. And that sparked a conversation about the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Sure did. And then, uh, my straightest is when we were playing D and D, we get to describe how our characters kill zombies when they do kill them. And I killed a couple zombies and got to describe in gory detail how I did that. Yeah, you did. Zombie chunks. Zombie chunks. Zombie boy chunks. There were zombie boy chunks. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. The straightest thing about me this week is the fucking Murphy bed in the studio. It has been a gigantic pain in the ass. Thank you for coming over last week to help me with a lot of the construction. And then just like uh, I couldn't figure out how to bolt it to the wall. And the one handyman that I got a hold of quoted me like, $2,400 to come and do Jesus. it. I like, then I just got pissed and took my drill and drilled it into the wall. So hopefully it doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> uh, the gayest thing about me this week is just, uh, uh, we have a, we had an all hands meeting coming up for my organization at work. And, uh, someone came to me and was just like, Oh, it's pride month. Mike, do you want to talk about that stuff? So like <laughs> I'm the, I'm the resident go-to gay yeah. at, at work. What are you going to talk about for pride month? Well, and then it got canceled. So I don't know. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, that's a, that's a little bit on the spot to be like pride month go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Which, you know, feelings, but yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the gay in the village. I'm the go-to gay in nice. the village. <laughs> Uh, this week we have a listener's gay sustratus in our voicemail. We absolutely love it when you leave those in your own voice. So, uh, please do that. And, uh, here we go. Hey Mike. Hey Kyle. It's Paul Donovan from the UK, uh, calling with a gayest sustratus. So my sustratus this week has been tiling a shower room from floor to ceiling. And the gayest has been humming the gayest theme tune whenever the tiles have not gone up quite straight. Thanks for all you do. Take care. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I I love um I love the way he says straightest. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, please please call in your gays to straightest. This is we like those. Yeah, um, and uh, we will we will almost always play them. I'm sure. Um, that's it. We're that's it? we're flexible. We're homo. We can we can blow ourselves now. Oh, love uh, no. it. Um, take out that bottom rib. Um, and I want to thank the following super gap bridgers, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, Christopher M. John Crowley, Stephen Portio, Stosel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez, Wadu, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. Uh, that is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See ya. Just be you, everybody. Be you, fuckers.